everyone, this is Enter the Batcave here, Matthew Burris, continuing on with Blade Month with Tomb of Dracula, issue number 9, the third issue that featured Marv Wolfman as the head writer. And before uh, we start today's story, I was supposed to do an episode on Wednesday, but mentally I was not feeling pretty good. But um, now I'm feeling much better, and I'm in a much better headspace, and, you know, we all, I mean, as you all know, we all struggle with mental illness, and actually, Monday was uh, National Mental Health Awareness Day, and uh, I almost forgot about that day, which is why I didn't do, um, um, you know, Mental Health Monday over on, um, on Matt's world, but here I am, and, you know, I'm alive, I'm well, and I just have to remember to be thank to be more thankful for what I have than what I don't have. And, you know, I also have to remember that, you know, um, that I'm also just doing good things and that, you know, pouring more lo love into myself. And I think that's what I need to do more of, as well as other stuff. And, you know, not just being thankful for being alive and, I mean, that's important, but also being thankful that, you know, like, my house still has electricity, you know, thankful that I have a cell phone that allows me to do my podcast, thankful that I'm in a basement where sometimes the reception for television doesn't always work, but I'm able to do my shows and even watch TV from down here if I want to. Also, uh, gets pretty damn cold down here especially during the winter time <laughs> but you know just being thankful you know just for all the little things too especially with um my mom still being alive and um you know she's had a little bit of a tough year herself um I talked about it on Matt's world and She, um, you know, she went, I mean, she, um, sorry, <laughs> she was struggling with, uh, migraine headaches, and I had to take care of her for a while, and I wasn't all that in a good headspace myself, um, having a fallout with a friend, and, um, just getting over, um, COVID, and, um, And also my, uh, you know, passing my kidney stone and I was still early in my sobriety as well and, and my love life was a mess. Well, it's still a mess, but what can you do? And I, it was enough to make me want to go and get a drink. But... I'm here now. I still haven't had a drink in nine months. 
I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud that I'm alive. I'm proud that my mom is alive. And, um, you know, my mom, she's also trying to help me as well. And, um, you know, so that's why, like, I appreciate her so much. And, you know, she's been there for me for everything, for, you know, for all the bullying, um, all the, you know, the trauma, the, um, you know, the times when people didn't understand me. And, I mean, there was a time when she didn't understand as well, but, you know, she educated herself, like most parents, and, you know, I mean, and she got better, and, you know, I mean, there are times when we still butt heads, you know, I mean, but at the end of the day, we love each other, and I love my mom, you know, um, I'm thankful for everything, for the food that she cooks, you know, for you know, um, allowing me to kiss her on her forehead, to, um, watching movie night, I mean, we're gonna be watching, uh, a Medea movie tonight, and, uh, I mean, she's pretty much seen all of the Medea movies, <laughs> but, um, the fact that I'm just spending that time with her, knowing that, um, you know, she could be gone at any moment, you know, I mean, it, um, I'm just so lucky to be alive, and um, I, I'm lucky for her to be alive as well. And so, to my mom, uh, if you're listening, I want to say I thank you, I appreciate you, and also I know it's your birthday this Sunday, so happy birthday. And I love you so much, Mom. Thank you so much. And you can also... Um, you can also reach out to my mom, too. You can talk to my mom, too, on Instagram uh, at uh, T. Karine on Instagram. You know, and uh, I'm always posting her food, her dishes, and stuff like that. I mean, she's a wonderful cook. Such a wonderful cook. I love you, Mom. I really love you. And having said all that, we are now going to get into... Tomb of Dracula, issue number nine, Death from the Sea. The Tomb of Dracula. Death from the Sea. I met her on a trampus. The eh? Oh, Andrew, you're, you're catching a big on this time. Oh, Mike. What? He just came out the sea, he did. Caught him blinking dead on the end of Andre. Take it easy. Josh will handle this. Strange looking duck. Look at what he's wearing. Ah, he's here. Then he, he's earlier than he looks. That easy, friends. Poor bloke looks like he's had it. 
Too late for the dog. Anyway, so I guess that means we're bringing him. Dog Brenner is still out. Potter's bar. Dave, where should we take them? To the church. Dave, I've been... Dave, I've been so long. Not now, Andrea. This isn't the time or the place. But Dave, I said not now. We'll talk about it later. Father, well, Josh found this man dead in the river. What do you want him? Dead? Yes, bring him in the back room. Dead? Not dead. Not this man, Father. For somebody this cold, lifeless body is carried into the old musty chamber room. Past rows of tired, crumbling pews and half-remembered prayer books. Past even the tall, proud crosses, crucifix reminders of a very different death. The death of a man 2,000 years before. Yet this time the cross heralds not another dying soul, but the muted, horrified shudderings of one undead, unliving, of Dracula, Lord of the Damned. Eh, for a moment I thought, but no, it could not be. Ah, Father, William, will you busy this night praying all these cold stiffs and the ruddy way to heaven, taking place Looks like a ruddy morgue, Davy. You'd better have luck. You'd have better luck praying for snow in July, Benny. There's no way anyone leaves little poor alive or dead. As the youths leave, twin eyes snap open, piercing the inky darkness. What? What am I? What's a... No! The crucifix! The cursed crucifix! No! Then there is madness, the horror of the damnable realization of hellish recognition. No! Dracula cannot remain here, not in this dreadful place, this repulsive temple of a god he despises. No, there must be escape. Swiftly, faster than the human eye can follow, Dracula changes, shifts, alters his very form itself, and lunges frantically towards the great stained glass windows yawning before him. But the portal does not shatter under his impact, rather it is Dracula who falls, falls, and then Frenizable tries once more. Again and again, the Prince of Darkness lashes out as a man insane, or once racked in hell-born agony, and twice more. He falls back, broken, defeated, until at last he can contain the pain no longer, and slumps helplessly to the cold stone floor, while outside, eh, noises, in there, it is possible, and yet, move, you witless dot, let me out, I must breathe, the night winds must more. No, it can't be. The pain, I still feel it, even now as I leave this cursed temple. Unending pain clawing at me. I need the moon, the darkness. What? But you're dead. Dave, 
Look at his eyes. Burning. Burning. No. You can't leave. Stop. At last, out of that hellish place. I could not have fought it one extra moment. My arms still... I feel the pain. Blast Quincy Harker and his cursed poison darts. Praise. Praise the Lord. He lives. What happened, man? Are you all right? Yes, yes. There is nothing wrong with me. But what was it? We thought you were dead. Dead? No, priest. I was not dead. I just had an operation, a transfusion of blood, and I was weak as I left my doctor. Too weak to travel. And yet... I had to. I thought the cool, fresh country air would invigorate me. That would be an ideal place for recuperation. So there, I went seeking something to return my lost strength. And I found it. Out there, in the country, was the cure I sought. The exterior I thirsted for. Feverishly, I sought to possess it. To drink all of its healing potions. Yet... I was too weak, and the medicine resisted me. It was wrong for me, and I knew to come taking it would be folly. So for the moment at least, I left it, seeking a far less potent cure. Still weak, I made my way into town through the dark, clinging shadows that held tight. My pain-wracked body. In vain, I thought another doctor. But it was already too late. In a moment of scarlet agony, I collapsed. Well, gotta get rid of this ad. Twice, I tried to lift myself, but it was useless. I had lost too much blood, and now I was taking the awful toll. In that letter-strewn alley, I lay for who knows how long, but through my still-fogged brain, I heard noises, the sound of distant engines, the murmur of angry voices. Struggling, I lifted my head, and there in the alleyway was a band of youths riding motorcycles. They saw me helpless in the gutter way and thinking me rich. They tried to rob me of my money. Through wheat, I mean through wheat, still I was their match and I fought back with my own special way of battle. I clawed at them, knocking several to the ground before their sheer weight brought me to their knees. Oh. Yet, it must have been my resolve, or perhaps the sound of distant police sirens, that made them decide to end their fight. <coughs> but suddenly, they stopped and backed away. They tore off into the night, leaving me helpless in the street. I picked myself up, my body still fighting the raging agony which swelled within. 
and I followed them to the piers. But they were gone, scurrying back into whatever hole they came from. But then, in my weakness, I slipped from the pier into the fridged sea, where unconscious I must have floated till I was found here. But now, priest, my strength returns. A day or so's rest were all I need. Incredible to have lived through all thought. You must be very strong, Mr. Drake, priest. The name is Drake. What will you do now, Mr. Drake? The trains won't come through Liverpool till Saturday. I'm still too weak from my little ordeal to leave now, you young fool. Besides, this small town in ripe is ripe for my pickings until I must again face Harker and his blasted helpers. I'll have to find a place to stay, my friend, until I am better. You, you may rest in the church if you wish. Our doors are always open, and there is a cot in the back room. No, priest. I thank you, but I cannot. No, I'll find some other lodging, perhaps in a boarding house. This small, this village is small, Mr. Drake. We have few, if any, rooms available. I'm afraid the only place you'll find ready is the church. No, wait, Mr. Drake. We have an extra room. Stay with my mother and me. But Dave, you said we could talk. Nothing to talk about, Andrea. I've made up my mind. I'm leaving next week, so if you want to come, great. If not, it's also great, okay? No, it's not okay. It's lousy, but there's nothing I can do to stop you from making a fool of yourself. You permit your woman to speak harshly, young man. Angela's got, Angela's got her own mind, and she's not afraid to speak it. Where I'm from, such impertinence would not go unpunished, specifically if it's at my expense. I sense a lover's quarrel, then. Quarrel, yes, but it's the lover's part I'm not too sure of. Man, she's been acting like sandpaper since I told her I was leaving Littlepool. Leaving? A thought which also flashes through Dracula's mind. For less than six hours remain before the sun rises, and the Lord of Evil must again feel Transylvania Earth beneath his tired flesh. Leave. Like a... Like a bandit if I could. Littlepool was settled in 1863, and since that time, no one has ever left it. The people here think it's some kind of paradise, but it's not, Mr. Drake. It's a tiny backwards hole in the... Oh, sorry. This is my problem, and I'll settle it myself. Besides, my place is just ahead. Ma, this is Mr. Drake. He's had a bad accident. I told him he could stay with us a few days. And that... Yeah. Get rid of this uh, out of here from Popeyes.
and that some of your miraculous soup could fix him up. My boys is such a flatter, Mr. Drake. But come in, please. You must have a taste of my chowder. One sip and you'll feel like a new person again. I thank you, madam. And you may rest assured that you shall be well paid. But for now, the moment... For the moment, I am a bit weak. Davy, show Mr. Drake his room. He can have his soup there. Come on, it's just up... Stairs, need any help? No, I can manage for myself. But thank you, nonetheless. But once inside the shabby room, Dracula bolts the door and I thirst. Not for this foul-tasting brew, but for some thick, hot, for blood. In the even sky, Dracula soars, his leathery wings being a silent path towards the slow-moving below. Then, Fang's bear, the Prince of Darkness, drops. Drops, and seeing his victim is the girl called Andrea, turns and rises once again into the star-flecked night. Why he hesitates, Dracula knows not, but he knows one thing. He must not harm this girl. Not now. Not yet. For there will be others elsewhere, such as this ill-lit tavern, on the edge of town. Ah, come on, Gladys. I ain't so bad, I'm not. Fact is, love, most birds think I'm rather odd, they do. Sorry, Cocker. But I guess I'm just not one of the lucky ones, eh? Why not? Come on, and steep it off, will ya? Besides, friends, it's closing time now. And I'm eating for a nice warm bath. Soon's I check the back doors and such. Be good and leave before I get back. Glass Fulton was born 22 years ago on a cold winter's night such as this. Which is why a drunken sot named Cocker Weller has absolutely no chance with her. She grew up somewhat bright. And somewhat pretty. Pretty enough to have the pick of Liverpool's most eligible men, such as they are. Normally, Gladys's rejection of Cocker would give her no grief. However, this night, Gladys's Ful Gladys Fulton probably wishes she had accepted poor Crocker's constant plea. Come to me, woman. I have need for you. For even Coker Fowler at the, this moment would be preferable to death. Eh? A blinking what? Gladys! Gladys! Where are you, love? Crocker! Over here, Crocker! Gladys, you're finally giving into old Crocker's chair. What, what are you doing? I want you, Crocker. I need you. You and your blood. No! Get back! No! while her scream echoes in the swelling darkness and then abruptly fades, only to be replaced by a quiet rapping on Dracula's bedroom door. <coughs> Mr. Drake, you awake? It's me, Dave. Who? Oh, yes, the youth. Yes, come in. 
Sorry to bother you, but I just had to speak to someone. No need for apologies, David. How may I be of assistance? You are from outside, Mr. Drake. You've traveled, seen the world. If there's anyone who'd understand how I feel about Littlepool, it's got to be you. I told you I wanted to leave. I'd like to go with you when you return to London. What? It wouldn't be far too long. Besides, I'd be willing to pay. Littlepool has nothing to offer me anymore, or to anyone. A hundred years ago, sh sure, maybe this book was great, but not now, not ever again. These people ignore the outside world, ignore all the changes, the progress. They're just content fishing their lives away. But that's not for me. Please, Mr. Drake, allow me to come with you. It is impossible, Dave. The path I walk is too dangerous for one such as yourself. Besides, your complaints are misplaced. There is nothing wrong with this village. Its people are happy, content with their lives. The outside world is filled with scavengers, men out for other men's blood, whose stock prey on mortal weakness. No, Dave. There is nothing wrong here that you cannot help change, perhaps for the better. I gotta skip this ad. And what of Andrea? Does she wish you to leave? Blasted? No. She, like the others, are afraid of losing her roots, her heritage. That's what we've been arguing about for a week now. I can't stay here, but I don't want to lose her. I love her too much. Then suddenly, ripping through the night. <coughs> what in the world? That scream! Sounds like Andrea! It's coming from the streets. Quickly! For if we for if we, what I fear is true, we may be too late to save her. A pause. A moment. Reflection on vampirism and its curse. Only hours there existed two humans. They laughed, cried, felt every human emotion. But now in their place stalked two creatures of the dead who only lust for following blood and thrive in the shadows of night. Get away from her! These creatures think themselves immortal. They laugh at the frail weakness in humans and elevate them as demonic gods but they are false gods and as such they can be toppled sometimes by the very ones they so damnably mock I said get away from her elsewhere on the outskirts of London okay sweetheart you've got him cornered now let him have it perfect Dracula's done for You're getting carried away, Frank. That's only a target replica of Dracula, not the real thing. Sorry, Edith, but with Drake lying low these past few days, I've been getting a bit itchy. We've all been itchy, Mr. Drake, wondering when and where Dracula will strike. Ring the phone. Perhaps now we'll have an answer. Well, what's up, Quincy? Of Dracula, nothing, but Edith and I must leave now. On a matter of life and death. 
And in a tiny hamlet of Littlepool. <laughs> you bloody little fool. You can't stop a vampire. No one can. Wrong, friend. Remove your hand from the youth. Eh? Who dares? I dare. Now, obey me or die by the hand of Dracula. The creature that had once been Coker Holler crumbles beneath the fiery gray gaze of Dracula. Crumbles, then flees in mindless terror. You too, woman, leave now! As the two bats arc upwards into the night, a figure half hidden in the shadows watches, almost refusing to believe what he has seen. And at that same time, thinking perhaps the nightmarish visage can be turned into a heaven-spawned godsend. How do you do that? Send those two things away. That I remove the evils such evils should surface, David. For your own sake, ask no other questions. Now, you must return to your home immediately. Ten years before Father William's church was brought to life, each Sunday with the prayers and songs of God-fearing men. But the world has changed since then, and slowly, ever so slowly, the rows of benches became half-filled and the prayers themselves muted, almost half-convincingly. I've seen him, and I tell you he is not a man, but a, a, a demon! Perhaps Father Williams prays this new act of hell-born demonism will bring his people back to him and to the God he has given his life and worship. His words are strong, convincing, and soon the people are his. He calls himself Jurek, staying with young Dave and Martha. Let's get him! We know he's in there, Dave. Send him out! They want you, but is what they're saying about you true? That I am a vampire? No. I am more. I am Dracula, Lord of all the undead. And we gotta get rid of this ad. And this other ad with Jessica Alba. Oh, baby. Now, go to your fellow humans. Dave, are you alright? When I heard that Mr. Drake was... Can it! Andrea, oh, I said, Dave, are you all right? When I heard that Drake, that Mr. Drake was can it, Andrea, I'm fine. But you people are too late. Dracula's gone. Yet, even as David speaks, a strong wind from form glides almost soundlessly from the youth's bedroom window. No, the kid lied. There's the fiend taking off as a bloody bat. After him, after him. You can't, you mustn't. Dracula soars on the cold winter winds, his leathery wings now beating fast and furious into the dark, oppressive forest. He will lose his hunter here, here, in this realm of darkness, where Dracula is master. But time is running out quickly, 
for only two hours remain till dawn. And his hunters are closing in more rapidly than before. He's in the forest, hiding like the devil he is, but he cannot escape the Lord. He cannot escape the fire cross. Come, come! But more than one demon lurks in the forest this night. There, that one is mine. <laughs> no, I want him. I need him more than you do, fool. You may need him, woman, but he is mine. Ah! No, vampire! You'll not feast this night. Ah! Willen, we've caught the other one here. She's a pretty one, she is. Lord, that was Gladys, the one from the pub. You don't want to kill me, loves. Love me. Love me. Put down your weapons. There is enough for all of you. No. She is trying to bewitch you. Fight it. Fight it. Don't fight it. You want to love me. You want to... Don't mock the word. Love, vampire. Die. David, the one called Drake. Did you see where he fled? Over there, through the mist. He ran there only seconds ago. Then he is as good as caught. And once caught, dead. Come, my flock, to rid this town of evil. Did I do right, Andrea? Was there any other choice to make? Indeed. There was, my dear. Had he shown the hunters where I truly hid, they would have slain me where I stood. For the second time this night, young David has helped to save me, and again I must thank him. For a human, you show remarkable intelligence, David, and you would be of great advantage to me when the order of vampirism rules this world. Join my crusade, David. Sorry, Mr. Drake, uh, Dracula, but no need for explanations. One day you shall see that vampirism is the new order and will join me. Till then, you have the protection and friendship of Dracula. Farewell, Dracula shall not quickly forget you. Wings spread wide, Dracula lifts to the sky and home, while below, the young couple pauses as the briefest of chills touch their souls, then quickly departs, leaving many questions and very few answers, but answers that may only be sought together. Next, ship of horrors and that'll do it for today's show and this was actually supposed to be the last day but like i said i took a mental health break so tomorrow will be the final day of the tomb of dracula readings and one of those stories, yep, I said one of them because it's a double feature. One of them features a certain vampire slayer. Can you guess who it is? Well, till then, peace out. <laughs>